Welcome to the Let's Talk About Money podcast. I am your host, Luke Grable, and tagging along with me, your co-host and my wife, Brittany Grable. For those that don't know us, we've been in the financial industry for a combined 18 years. We both are certified financial and credit counselors and busy ourselves with our family of six kids. On this episode, we will be diving into the wedding industry and give you some tips and tricks for you or someone you know that might be getting hitched. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Money podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About Money podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and also my co-host, Brittany, my wonderful wife. Hello, everyone. And today, since we are releasing this around Valentine's Day, we wanted to talk about love, which is always a great topic to talk about. Now, Brittany, I do have a question for you. Do you want to get remarried? Yeah, I guess I'd marry you again. (laughs) (laughs) You guess. But in all seriousness, we are looking forward to planning a vow renewal this year. I will be married 10 years. So uh, that's something really exciting. However, the wedding industry and the wedding climate looks a lot different than it did back in 2014 when we originally got married. It's very true, though. Like, it's hard to filter through the statistics though because you read one thing and says the average wedding say back in 2014 was around 31,000 and you look for the estimates of 2024 and it's around the same which is shocking but then thinking about it we look at our economic climate that we're in right now and it's pretty healthy and back in 2014 despite you know a couple things going on in the economy that was a pretty healthy time as well so you see that the wedding industry ebbs and flows very similarly to how our economic climate does now just because we say average though that doesn't mean that vendor prices and other things like that haven't increased it may be that you know people that are getting married are making smarter decisions. So maybe instead of spending thousands of dollars on little plates that go underneath plates, whatever those things are called again. Charging plates. Thank you. Instead of maybe doing that, they're thrifting with something different. So when we're talking about averages, it's a really hard thing to kind of sort through, especially because weddings, as we all are, are very individualistic. So it's going to vary pretty drastically that's really true and so we want to give you guys some really great tips for how to financially prepare for a wedding and then how to make smart financial decisions when you are getting married because it is and can be such a major financial commitment so where do we start when we build a budget for a wedding like where what are the first steps the first things we need to be thinking about I think ultimately it's just researching, especially where you're planning on getting married, because that's one of the number one indicators on how expensive your wedding is. Like most expensive weddings typically like are New York or major cities, um, whereas where we live, it's not a giant city. So the wedding industry isn't as egregiously expensive. So you just have to research kind of the main things like venue, um, different providers, whether that's food, lighting, DJ equipment, and as well, wedding dresses, those kind of things. 
Well, and I think it's also really important to mention that a good rule of thumb is to, before you start looking into those things, figure out how much you want to spend on your wedding, how much you can afford to spend on your wedding. Because weddings, let's face it, they're a very sentimental and feelings-driven event. So it's really easy to kind of blow through a budget or prioritize a bunch of things that don't necessarily matter in the end if you don't have that number in mind. Uh, So I think that's something that's really important is for you to sit down with your potential spouse, even family members, and talk through what does our budget look like? What are we willing to spend? Because that will help prioritize all along the way. I like that you had mentioned about sitting down with family members too, because it's not a one size fits all on who is going to help assist with paying for the wedding. I know in our situation, we had financial help from both your mother and father, but on my side of the family, they just were not able to provide that as much. So a lot of our wedding we paid for out of pocket and then for a couple different things, which we'll talk about, uh, those things were supplemented uh, with the help of your parents, thankfully. So how do we make sure that we're getting a good price though? Because I think that's something that it's easy to get wrapped up in the glitz and the glam and the emotions of it. But how do we make sure that we're getting a good price on say like vendors? Well, I think we have to remember that the wedding industry is a huge business. Uh, So there's lots and lots of competition for vendors and all vendors might offer things that are slightly different. So I think what's really important is having a clear understanding of what you're getting for what you're paying with all of your vendors uh, and what is an additional price then on top of that. So for instance, a lot of photographers will offer certain packages where some are with you the whole day. Some are with you for a specified number of hours. Sometimes if you want pictures of you getting ready, that's going to be extra. So it's really important to know what you want out of a vendor, first of all, but then also know what the vendors you're looking at, what they're actually offering you for the price. Uh, We know a couple that almost had to take their photographer to court to get their photos because they'd failed to look at reviews that said a particular photographer had a history of not delivering in a timely manner. So I think that's another point to really look at reviews to avoid potential horror stories or really bad situations when you're looking at different vendors. That's really smart. And I think to like just learning what your resources are when you're planning your wedding because resources when we talk about in a financial world are the things that are going to hopefully save you money so whether that you have a friend that does professional cakes that you can get a good deal on or you know a friend that's a dj or a photographer or you have a really crafty husband who can craft (laughs) all of your decor for your wedding like you did That's very true. We saved lots of money doing that. Um, But getting to know those people, because that's going to help you save a lot of money and hopefully to make your day just that more unique. Um, Because if you know these people personally, typically they can add a little bit of sparkle and shine to the day because, you know, they want to make sure that they're going that extra mile. Yeah. And I think, too, a lot of friends or family may have resources that you're not aware of. So for instance, a friend of mine got married last year and she has a family friend who owns a flower shop. So they were able to go and arrange their own floral arrangements with her and her bridesmaids. They kind of made a day out of it and they got to arrange that and it ended up being a huge discount on floral. So 
not only knowing your own resources, but your resources, resources too, can really bring about big savings. And I think too, uh, don't be afraid to check out places like Facebook Marketplace because a lot of couples, I mean, as we already said, it's one day. So a lot of couples, they will have wedding stuff that they'll then resell once the day is over. And you can get those at really discounted prices on places like Facebook Marketplace or even yard sales. So don't be afraid to check those places out. That's really good. And I think to like lean into if you're using a vendor, lean into their experience, because especially if they're in the wedding industry, they're going to know a lot of people that have connections. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say even not just financially, which is obviously our focus here, but even just their expertise in weddings in general, uh, since they're in the wedding business, they have a lot of expertise to help your day flow smoothly to make sure everything is thought of. I know personally, our wedding photographer, they helped us plan our entire day. It wasn't just about photography for them. So I think that that's something too to look for when selecting vendors and to kind of use for your vendors is use them for ideas and generating different things because they are the experts. We're only going to do a wedding hopefully once or twice if you're doing a vow renewal like us. (laughs) But these people do weddings all day every day. Now, when it comes to preparing for your wedding, obviously we have to talk about the money side because we're like the money gurus. But when you are preparing for your wedding, there are banking solutions that are available for you. So outside of like your typical savings account, which is like always a genius thing to have, um, maybe utilizing a certificate of deposit or a CD to set aside funds for either six to 12 months or however long you want to hold that out before you get married so that you have those designated funds just kind of sitting there and building wealth as you're preparing. Yeah. And I think too, just an overall plug for savings and and opening CDs is uh, when you have those extra funds available, having a goal to put them towards that really helps make your savings intentional. So if you know a wedding is, you're hearing wedding bells, you know a wedding's in your future, or even if you're single and you feel like that is something you want to do someday, think about using your funds now to help prepare you for success in that in the future. I mean, we just told you the the numbers for the average cost of weddings, about $30,000. That's a big chunk of change. And if you can take smaller steps when you're farther away from that day to really save, it'll help set you up in the future. And another thing that I think is really helpful as a banking solution is look into your credit card. Um, if you have any sort of rewards points, like the Directions credit card, we offer scorecard rewards points. And you can use those for different kinds of purchases. So for example, when we got married, we used our scorecard rewards points to purchase a rental car for our honeymoon. Um, You can do flights, all different kind of options that could help make your big day or your honeymoon less expensive. That's true, especially because if you do all the pre-work of knowing, you know, how much these things are going to cost, you save up that money, you charge it on that credit card and then automatically pay it off before that month. So then you don't have any interest to growing, then that's free points. Basically, you're not racking up any additional interest. Um, So that's good. And you know, your financial institution is also going to see that history and be like, hey, they know what they're doing with their money. So that's going to hopefully help your credit score as well. So yeah, and I will say weddings are stressful enough. So 
do yourself a favor and save for them beforehand so that the stress doesn't come from being able to afford it or not. But the stress is more just based around, I mean, some some wedding stress is unavoidable, but we can certainly avoid the money stress if we're making smart decisions leading up to it. Now, how do we prepare even better? I would have to say is prioritizing expensive purchases. I know when it came to us in getting married, uh, the number one thing that Brittany and I had agreed on was having a really good photographer. Now, I had mentioned earlier about Brittany's parents' help with our wedding. This was the number one thing that they helped us for. Um, Our photographer, arguably some people would be sticker shocked by how much it was. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest with our audience because we're talking about money. It was $12,000. Thanks, mom. Um, (laughs) But those pictures are arguably the best photos I've ever seen. And it really helped to capture our day perfectly. So that was just something we had prioritized. Now, obviously, everyone's different. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think when you're thinking about what to prioritize for your wedding, asking yourself, is this something I'm going to care about a year from my wedding? Will Mm -hmm. I care about it five years from my wedding? Will I care about it 10 years from my wedding? Because that can really help you put things into perspective on what should be a really high priority and you're willing to spend money on and what you can either eliminate or do in a cheaper method. Like for instance, wedding favors. A lot of people have favors that they give their guests at their wedding and they're they're really nice and sweet, but how many people just kind of leave that wedding favor in their throw car seat? Away. Yeah, throw them away. <laughs> All of the wedding favors we have ever gotten have been thrown away yes. by me. So that's one thing to think about when you're doing that test of, is this going to matter a year from now? Am I really going to care what I gave people at my wedding? Are they going to still be using it a year from now? Maybe your answer is yes. And there is no judgment there. Maybe it's yes. And that's a really high priority for you. That's great. You know, that's where you want to spend some of your budget. So then you can make better decisions and say, okay, well, I really want to spend a lot of money here. Maybe I'm going to look for a cheaper solution here. So I think that gives you a lot, a lot of clarity when making those decisions. And then I think it helps you to feel good about your decisions in the aftermath. Like Luke said, he's glad we spent the money that we did on our photographer. I am too, because those are things that, you know, our kids look at now. They weren't there at our wedding. They didn't exist yet. And they look at it now and are excited to see our wedding pictures. We look at it constantly. And it's very important. They're heirlooms to us. Whereas some other things that we didn't spend very much money on, uh, I'm kind of glad we didn't. I feel like we made some reasonably smart financial decisions. So pat on the back for us, Grable. (laughs) It was quite interesting. Like just a little story about our wedding. So Brittany had mentioned I crafted a lot for our wedding. And it was a book or uh, reading and art because I'm very into art and Brittany is really into reading. Um, And so I had hand painted book boxes, different book covers. And so that was kind of an extra favor we were able to give out at the end of our reception um, to people. And we actually have friends to the state that still have those. So it was one of those like, you know, pat on the back, like that was really cool. We have a couple of them in our house too, that we kind of like swap out. So All right, here's the big question, though. 
after 10 years of marriage, what would we have done differently from our first wedding? So I think one thing that I definitely would have done differently, and I think this comes with age and just life experience, but I would have thought a lot less about what others expected the day to look Mm -hmm. like and thought more about what I really wanted the day to look like. Not to say that there's many things I would change in hindsight, but I think I stressed myself out a lot wanting to fulfill other people's expectations of Mm -hmm. the day. Um, And I could have had a lot less stress had I just focused on what you and I really wanted that day to look like. How about you? Not having seven groomsmen. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I do not communicate with any of them, uh, which probably is more of a sign of me than them, maybe. Uh, But (laughs) it was one of those things like I didn't have many guy friends at the time. And so I was just kind of looping guys in because you had a larger bridal party. Um, But I would say that and then also just like the pressure as well. It's especially hard. Thankfully, we didn't have that pressure um, coming from your parents. But I know quite a couple people, and you do as well, that uh, once other people's money gets in the mix when it comes to planning a wedding, your voice as the couple getting married sometimes gets drowned out by their expectations because they're paying for it. Yes, and that is one thing that I think is really important to circle back to when we talked about everyone having clear expectations of who's paying for what, how much everyone's willing to pay for is also boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really healthy conversation to have with those who are financially contributing to your wedding on how much say they're expecting out of certain things versus how much say you're comfortable giving them. And I think that's a big decisioning factor as well outside of the financial ramifications, but just the ramifications to that relationship and to the day to the day as a whole. So Mm -hmm. I would say definitely have those conversations, not only surrounding how much are they willing to give for what are they willing to give, who's willing to give, but also then what are those expectations that go along with that gift? Yeah. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be married and hopefully happy, but we also want to hopefully maintain those relationships (laughs) uh, from those people. We don't want to, you know, unintentionally cut out family Anyway, um, I thank you so much for coming and listening to us on the Let's Talk About Money podcast um, and enjoy this lovely wedding season we're going to be having for 2024. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day, you lovers out there. (laughs) And if you're single, happy Valentine's Day to you, too. (laughs) Catch you next time. If you're interested in more information, please check out our Directions Credit Union website, blog post, social media, or anything that we'll be pushing out around this season. Thanks again for joining us on the Let's Talk About Money podcast.